away from her, you bitch! And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ian Freeze! Got the cat! Dear Sam Hibbert. I'll be throwing one of these in with every purchase of 500 million or more. To peace. Welcome back to DMR. Thank you for tuning back in as always. Much obliged. It's Monday morning and I'm sitting here drinking my long black and it's time for another. Okay, I'll stop talking. Time for another episode of DMR. So here we go. So this is going to be a little bit off the cuff. I'm not going to review anything sort of this week. This is in terms of movie franchises and sequels. So this has prompted me to do a special episode on where film franchises are going, what sequels have worked, what sequels haven't worked, and just how Hollywood has been, especially with some movie franchises that absolutely just pump out the movies and it really is turning off fans. So let's go through all that. But before we do, let's discuss a sharp-looking suit from MJ Bale. All right, so we've got the Roger jacket and trousers. Roger that, slim fit. So the Roger jacket is crafted from 100% Australian super fine merino wool that has been woven into a Super 110's basket weave. With a matte finish cut to our regular fit. It does say slim fit there, but you just got to read off of the palms cards, I believe. Regular fit, it features a half canvas construction and is fully lined. So this thing looks like it's navy. It's navy with a decent looking check through it. I quite like it, actually. It looks quite smart. looks quite sharp. So it'll be a nice little addition to your MJ Bale collection. So make sure you jump online and have a look at the link in the show for MJ Bale. All right, so movie franchises in general. So the sequels basically started, when did they start? I think it was around about the 70s, maybe, possibly, with like the Planet of the Apes movies, something like that. And we've seen a lot of movie franchises come and go. Some are far better than others some have knocked it out of the park completely like the films the lord of the rings you can't fault those movies yes they're three hours long however it's one big story they go for three hours each and it's just an insane type of movie to watch works very 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 well then there's other movie franchises like the Jurassic World franchise. And this is why this prompted me to do this extracurriculum type of episode to discuss where the hell do franchises stop? Like, when do they know enough's enough? We've done very well here. Yes, we've clipped the ticket in terms of movie sales and whatnot, but we are all good. We're just going to stay put and we're just going to leave it as is. Just like... Lord of the Rings. Yes, they did the Hobbit movies after that, but again, that was a different story compared to the original three. So let's just start off with Jurassic Park World. So Jurassic Park, it's my number five in my top five films. 
And when I saw that in 1994, I think it was the summer of early 1994, because it came out in 1993, I went to the cinema with my dad and it absolutely blew me away in terms of what we were seeing up on the screen. The animatronics in the film were incredible. Fun fact is that when the T-Rex used to get rain on it, on the set, it actually used to convolt and come to life and scare the absolute crap out of the crew that were working on the film. So a little bit of a fun fact there. So that changed cinematic history forever. And even when you go back and have a look at it with the CGI that was used during that film, it's still very, very good compared to a lot of the CGI that was used in other movies further down the track, which didn't look anywhere near as good. So Spielberg knocked it out of the park with that one. So I have read both of the books. If you haven't read the books for Jurassic Park, go back and read them because I don't want to change the original movie, Jurassic Park. However, if they added everything into the movie, it'd probably have to be longer but so much more happened in the book. The book is actually a lot more exciting than what we saw up on the screen. But again, Jurassic Park the movie is an all-time classic, changed cinematic history forever. The second one came out in 1997 called Jurassic Park The Lost World with Ian Malcolm as the main character, played by Jeff Goldblum. Love that character. Awesome. Very good follow-up. Not as good as the first, obviously, but I did love to see what happened on the factory floor, which was Isla Sauna, where all the dinosaurs were basically manufactured and brought up, and then they were put over into the main park or Jurassic Park. So no fences this time. Basically, all hell was breaking loose. So we get on the island with the whole big crew, and people start getting picked off one by one. So very good follow-up. Third one. Not bad, not bad. It was quite rushed. It's quite rushed. I didn't like it initially when it came out. I thought it was pretty flat. But over time, it actually is not a bad film when you watch it. Bit of a popcorn movie. Again, nowhere near as good as the first two. But yeah, it stopped at number three for a long time. Then Jurassic World came out. Jurassic World was a good movie. I quite liked Jurassic World. I thought it was a good fresh take on it. And good to see that the park was actually open. So it was very intriguing. And again, ironically, what they did is that they introduced the Indominus Rex to basically include that in the park's attraction to basically up ticket sales. So it's similar to the actual franchise itself. A fourth installment, they tried to reboot it. And good movie. I quite liked where they went with that particular film. Then this happened. You've got Fallen Kingdom, which was an absolute mess. The first part of the film was pretty decent. I liked it. Then the rest of it was just a monster movie mess in a mansion. Very odd switch. It feels like two movies. Very, very messy. And then you've got Jurassic World Dominion, which was good to see all the old cast come back. However, basically, it was a half-cooked or undercooked movie. So that's where we're at the moment. And then I saw on socials yesterday that they're going to have a seventh installment for this franchise, a seventh installment. So they've flogged a dead horse in terms of the last two movies, and now they're going to do a seventh one, apparently, or might just be fan fiction that it's going to be called Jurassic World Extinction, maybe. I don't know how much truth is behind that. But if they're going to do that, it's got to be very similar to the Planet of the Apes where 
things uh, all off the table. Humanity is in the toilet and the dinosaurs are just running around. But even then, I think they could stuff it up because it's just flogging that horse, which is already dead. They could easily turn that into a series and then explore the themes more as opposed to doing a a two-and-a-half-hour movie where the themes are rushed and whatnot. So I feel that's probably the wrong move for this particular franchise. But in the end of the day, these people are going to make money and they're going to clip the ticket in terms of getting audiences back into the cinema. Mr. Hammond, after careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I. So let's get on to the next series or franchise, which is the Terminator. So obviously you had the original Terminator came out in 1984. It wasn't supposed to be a big hit like it was. However, they smashed it out of the park with it. So what happened then was basically a few years later in 1991, I think it was, 1990, 1991, pretty sure. We had Terminator 2 come out, which was Judgment Day. Arnie was back, but this time he was a good version of the T-800, and then we had the T-1000, which was liquid metal, and that sequel was one of the best sequels ever in existence. In my opinion, it definitely overshadowed the first one. It's one of my favorite movies, along with everybody else, but that was a great example of how a sequel can work very, very well. Sometimes less is more, with a sequel. However, this was definitely upped in terms of the Terminators in the actual movie and how it all basically kind of wrapped up with the storyline with Linda Hamill playing Sarah Connor, protecting her young son, which was John Connor, and basically he was going to be the saviour of humanity when all hell broke loose with the future war against the machine. So... Very, very cool follow-up. Very, very cool follow-up. Then we had in the early 2000s, I think it was, might have been 2003, we had Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and we had Arnie come back playing a similar role with a new Terminator, female Terminator, that was after John Connor and his wife, Catherine Brewster, and how it was all going to wrap up with Judgment Day, spoiler alert, actually did take place. So this was a bit of a... Hollywood blockbuster popcorny type movie. I remember seeing it at the cinema. Quite liked it at the time, but when you look back, it's actually probably a weak version. Nowhere near as good as Terminator 2, probably not in the same ballpark, but I actually did like how that ended. I actually like how it all wrapped up that humanity basically didn't survive Judgment Day. Judgment Day took place. Catherine Brewster and John Connor were taken over to that fallout shelter and basically survived the holocaust nuclear holocaust that is so very interesting take on how they ended then you had terminator salvation came out i actually quite liked that because it was set in the future that franchise or that particular series or movie deserved a follow-up with john connor played by christian bale then you had sam worthington as the hybrid terminator i thought it was a good movie however not a great movie but a good movie however a lot of people gave a lot of crap to that particular film, said it was no good, 
didn't deserve a follow-up and then they didn't they didn't get a follow-up and then we had the other two after which was terminated genesis and terminated dark fate again they were basically just trying to reinvent the wheel go back change the past about what happened killing off main characters and again it was just another mess and apparently they're doing a seventh film with that as well you gotta stop you've gotta stop like People are basically turning away from these types of movies. Also, another example of franchises is Marvel. So when 2008, when Iron Man came out, unbelievable. I saw it on the plane coming back from Kentucky, coming back from Europe, and it absolutely blew me away. Love Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man or Tony Stark. And then that basically was setting up the future franchise for the whole Infinity War and all that against Thanos. So... They did very, very well for all those movies leading up to Endgame and Infinity War. A lot of them were quite good. Some were better than others. But it was a good build-up for, might have been, it was 10 years, I think. I think it was 2019 when Endgame came out. And that was huge. That was so, so, so big. It was too big. It was too big for the brand because what happened thereafter, they tried to recover or do new movies after Endgame, and then some were good. Don't get me wrong, some were good films. However, a lot of them just fell flat on their face. Not very good at all. People are basically switching off. They're not engaging in terms of the content that they're pumping out. So I don't know what Marvel are going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. So a lot of them have been sequels. A lot of them have been standalone movies. But again, it's back to Terminator. It's like... How many more of these films are you going to bump out? Disney have basically started to do some of the series, which I've watched a few. They're quite good, some of them. Some of them are not, like that She-Hulk. I didn't even bother with that. I saw some of the clips from it. However, yeah, just not my cup of tea. It's turning that on and basically watching that particular film. So there's a lot of franchises out there that just they can't help themselves. They just don't know where to stop. They have to keep reinventing the wheel, keep going down the same road or trying a different avenue or trying to reinvent the wheel or change the past or whatever it is, and they just don't know how to wrap it all up and say, yep, okay, we made our money there, we've done well, let's move on to a new project. No, they've got to keep going back and trying to get audience back into the cinema. But what's happening these days is that I feel that a lot of audiences are basically turning away from these big blockbuster franchises. Like you've got movies like, for example, that came out recently that I did the review on, which was Saltburn. Like an indie film, like it's on Amazon Prime. I think it had a, a short release in theatres, but that thing's going off. Like some really just visually shocking stuff in that movie. It's a very Tom Ripley or talented Mr. Ripley style of movie. But it's doing very, very well. Everyone's talking about it. But again, it's a small, like, indie film. So I think a lot of people are turning away from that big popcorn style of movie and they're focusing on smaller films where they've got a lot more character development. They're invested in a lot more of where these people are going in these certain situations in these smaller films as opposed to your big Marvels, your big Jurassic Worlds, your big whatever it is, like Fast and the Furious as well. I don't even bother with those movies. 
I've watched two or three of them, I think it is, when they came out. They're up to 11 at the moment, which is ridiculous. So it's just some of the franchises just don't know what they're doing. They can't stop. They can't help themselves. You're like a machine underneath, right? But sort of alive outside. I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over a metal endoskeleton. Rip John. Okay. Um. You're not here to kill me. I figured that part out for myself. So what's the deal? My mission is to protect you. Yeah? Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now, you reprogrammed me to be your protector here in this time. This is deep. All right, so let's move on to TV series and what basically works. So let's start with the greatest TV show of all time. In my opinion, this one has not been beaten. It's set the standard in terms of shock value. Of course, I'm talking about The Sopranos with James Gandolfini playing Tony Soprano. So if you haven't seen The Sopranos, I don't know what the hell you've been doing for 20 plus years, actually more, I think it came out in 1999, so almost 25 years from the first season. But basically the show follows a New Jersey crime boss. He doesn't start out as a crime boss, so it's basically Tony Soprano. So he is one of the main captains to kick off with. He's got a crew under him and he's a mean son of a gun and basically what happens with him is that he starts to have panic attacks and blackouts and then he starts to see a therapist so that's kind of the main thing with this particular show is that he is doing all the mafia hitting and gambling and all that stuff the legal activity yet he's going to see a psychologist about his panic attacks so very interesting premise. It went for six seasons, in my opinion. It was the perfect amount of time. When the show is on a streaming service, I never, ever get sick of it. I could always flick it on, put it on, and watch an episode of Sopranos. It doesn't matter where it is, what season it is. It's always entertaining. So they did something very, very special. James Gandolfini passed away, I think, in 2013 from a heart attack. I think he was in Italy at the time. But he actually absolutely sorry knocked it out of the park in terms of this particular character in series now the ending to the show was controversial the very last episode because it kind of leaves it up to the audience to determine what happened i'm not going to go into too many spoilers about how it actually all played out if you haven't seen the sopranos go back and watch six seasons you will not be disappointed doesn't matter what type of genre of show that you're interested in it is an absolute killer of a show, excuse the pun. So, very, very good. So, James obviously passed away. They're not going to be doing any more of it. And it's basically going to stop at that particular amount of seasons. Same with Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld basically said that he won't continue to do a Seinfeld series thereafter. It finished in 1998, if memory serves. I used to watch it with my dad as a kid. Very, very funny show. Very, very funny show. You're either a Seinfeld person or you're a Friends person. I never really got into Friends. 
And there was always a Seinfeld type of a person to watch that particular dry type of comedy. So these are some examples of series and when they finish at the right time. Then we've got a show called Game of Thrones. Obviously, people know about Game of Thrones. It's a hit series from HBO again. And basically, this was a good show. Very, very good. Very, very addictive. Everybody was all over it when it came out. It went for eight seasons, I think. But the problem was is that it was based off of the books. And when they got to, I think it might have been season seven or eight, they were flying blind in terms of where to go with the particular characters. So the authors of the book, I think it was George R.R. Martin off the top of my head, that's his name, he was disappointed with how it all ended up. The last season was very, very rushed and it all kind of fell apart almost towards the end of the series. A lot of people didn't like how it ended. I thought it was okay. There were some scenes in the last episode which were quite epic, but it all kind of just fell by the wayside and a lot of people weren't happy with it. Then you've got the new season or the new series called House of the Dragon, which is set 300 years earlier. The first season was an absolute knockout, absolute knockout about the Targaryens and the wars with the dragons and all that. Very, very cool show. Very, very cool show. I did like how they've kicked off with that. So looking forward to the second season. So another show that came out, which basically stayed a long, long time around. It was well, well past its use-by date was The Walking Dead. Now, I stopped, I think it's season nine, I think it was, and there was like 11 or 12 seasons, I think, in total, and they were just doing the same stuff. They were just running around the forest, yada, 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 killing a few zombies here and there, dealing with a few situations with the other humans and in fighting and all that and civil wars and all that kind of stuff. It just it was the same stuff. It's the same stuff just got very boring. So you've got these side series that are coming off The Walking Dead. I think the latest one is with Rick and Michonne. That looks quite good. That looks very, very good. There's another one with Negan and I can't remember the girl's name. One of the main female characters in it might have been Gabby off the top of my head. I'm not sure. But there's another side series of them in New York. Those look good. Those look good, and that's kind of how I can see where the franchise is going. That kind of makes more sense to me than doing another season 13, 14. Like, people just get sick of it. People get over it. Like, the initial impact of the show is lost. It gets watered down, and people basically switch off or they turn away from the franchise. So... Again, I just don't think, even with the series side of things, I just don't think the directors know when to stop. A lot of them don't know when to stop. A great example of people or a show where the directors went, yep, we're good to go, was Succession. Succession is a brilliant show. Only had four seasons, which in my opinion, it couldn't have gone past the fourth season because of what happened in it. However, it was getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, how far can they push this particular show? And it ended very, very well. I thought I loved the ending. The amount of seasons was great. Very engaging show about a media tycoon with their three siblings or the three children that are all kind of 
infighting about who's going to take over the media empire when the day goes or when he's going to pass it over to them. I really did love that aspect of the whole thing because it's based on, I'm pretty sure it's based on or loosely based on Rupert Murdoch, I think it is. So very, very good show, that one. If you haven't seen it, go back and check it out. It's won a heap of awards for the fourth season recently. But that was a great example of when a show said, yeah, we're good to go, I'm going to call it quits here, and we're all done and dusted. So that's kind of my rant for movie franchises and series about where people should stop. They know, yep, it's enough, and where to keep going if it is needed, if it's needed at the end of the day. So thank you for tuning in to my review for movie franchises and series in general. And as always, leaders on the Menjay. I almost had him. I almost had him. You stutter and prick it. You just experienced DMR, the red carpet treatment. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, don't swallow. <laughs> and this is how I met. Tyler Durden. Did you know if you mixed equal parts of gasoline and frozen orange juice concentrate, you can make napalm? Uh, Cole, before you go, will you tell Miss Lower goodbye? D- do what now? I said tell Miss Lower goodbye. Bye, Miss Lower. <laughs> <laughs>